I'm learning history in Cleveland, Tennessee. Okoe Society, Five Points Museum. Welcome to the Curious Curators Podcast. Today we'll be discussing infamous and deadly cults. Let's check it out. Hey guys, and welcome to the Curious Curators. I'm Hope. I'm Elijah. And I'm Lindsay. And today we are recording remotely. We have shelter-in-place orders in our state, so we are not able to get together for this. So if there's a little bit of a lag or we sound a little bit funny, that is just because we are all in our own homes doing our best. Yes, we are. We're trying to flatten the curve today. And today we're bringing you an episode all about cults. So we are just, we're diving straight into the Kool-Aid. We are doing buzz cut season all about every single aspect of cults that we can really hit today. So we are going to jump in and just go ahead and start off with a couple of the bigger cults. Does anybody want to start us off with um, the People's Temple, maybe? Okay, well, maybe we should just mention um, what a cult is. And I mean, there's like probably 20 definitions of a cult, but I think kind of what we're focusing on is a relatively small Um, group of people that have religious beliefs and practices that um, maybe aren't mainstream, maybe that could be considered strange or sinister to other people. Um, And they can be conventional like within that culture. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, the whole world sees them as that. And, you know, sometimes they're related to a particular figure or a particular place or something kind of, you know, in that vein, it's usually a relatively smaller group that's doing this. I think that the people's temple that you just mentioned, Elijah, is, I mean, probably one of the more famous cults that we could talk about here. So if you don't know what the people's temple is, maybe you know it as Jonestown. Can I jump in with the cult definition? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, So I actually, one of the things that kind of defines a cult that a lot of people will say now is that what makes a difference between a cult and a religion is time. And I think that's somewhat true um, because way in the past, you know, Christianity was considered a cult, but in a kind of different sense. So the modern idea of cult came around in the 19th century. It really peaked in the 1970s. But uh, I actually found... In my opinion, it's not time that makes the difference, it's longevity. A doomsday cult or a destructive cult doesn't have longevity because eventually the world is going to end. Uh, But I did find some cult characteristics to make it more defined what we're talking about and make it easier to identify destructive cults. Uh, Usually it is a contemporary group, meaning since the mid-1800s, They're socially deviant with novel beliefs and practices, often around a cult of personality. Here are some of the characteristics. A charismatic leader who is an object of worship with an indoctrination process like thought reform or brainwashing, often forcing the members to do things they would not that are not in their own best interest. Economic, sexual, and or other exploitation of group members by a leader or ruling members. 
pursuit of a quote unquote truth that is exclusively gained through their group leader, isolation from the outside world. They have no way to leave. And if you are able to leave, you are villainized. Um, And then there's an intolerance of questions or disagreement or dissent. Um, So if you don't agree with what the group leaders say, then you are, you are met with violence or, expulsion. Uh, So I think this really differentiates it from many mainstream religions, because I do hear that argument from some people that, well, Christianity was a cult, or Islam is a cult, or whatever, when really it's, it's the violent processes and the indoctrination and the brainwashing and the social isolation that really characterize a destructive cult because i don't think cults inherently need to be bad um in their strictest definition but i think uh this is a i think what we're talking about today is pretty much destructive or doomsday cults and that's important to differentiate from other cults yeah and i think that like what you were saying the some of the main points when i was looking up definitions and i actually found a definition from um, mike bickle who is one of the leaders of the international house of prayer which is a more of like a pentecostal movement within the christian tradition yeah and and so he sort of laid out in, in this like article like interview type thing he laid out seven sort of reasons or ways to know that you're in a cult and not a religious group. And most of them were exactly what you just said. So one of them was isolating members and penalizing them for leaving. Um, Seeking inappropriate loyalty to leaders was a big one that he highlighted. Um, And then within the Christian tradition, he's obviously talking about crossing biblical boundaries, dishonoring the family unit, separation from the church, emphasizing special doctrines outside of scripture and or the church fathers. Um, and then also opposing any sort of critical thinking, which I think most of the ones that we are going to talk about today probably include most, if not all of what we've said so far. So, so what's funny to me is that when I was reading these definitions of a cult, it wasn't actually specifically talking about religious cults. And I think all the ones we're going to talk about today are religious cults, but I also think they came to fruition in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. I think cults exist today in a different manner. I think there are a lot of non-religious cults. Um, If you think about groups uh, like uh, incels, um, you know, the involuntary celibates, they're enacting violence on other people. They're shooting people or hitting people with their cars. Um, they're, but they're a socially isolated group. Um, there is like an indoctrination process and they even talk about the indoctrination process is like taking the red pill as a reference to the matrix, (laughs) not based on a religious thing, but I I think it still fits a lot of the definitions of a destructive cult, Hmm. um, because they are brainwashed and indoctrinated into this and they are in pursuit of a truth. Maybe they don't have a charismatic singular leader, but they do have leaders that a lot of them follow um, that are sort of the 
people who know the truth and who are speaking the truth and everybody else is wrong. And, you know, as soon as you start getting in there and you pose critical thinking, or if any of them start to believe differently, then they're called a number of names or slurs, and then they're pretty much expunged from the group. So I think I think there are still cults today because that was something I was thinking about when I was going through this whole process is why were these cults around then, but there are no cults now. But I think our cults now are different hmm. than these cults. Definitely. Yeah, I did like mention, um, we'll talk about it as we go on, but I did talk about one or I will talk about one that is still around and it's, um, like I said, we'll talk about it later. But throughout my research, I did kind of find a lot of things. Basically, cults have been around forever. It's not, um, I think a lot of us think of the cults from like the, the 20th century, because we're very familiar with them. I think even if maybe you're like, well, I don't know anything about cults, like chances are you've heard of some of these groups that are today considered cults that might not like they probably were never called a cult um, in their heyday or maybe they were, who knows. But as like time passes and you look back, they, that's what you realize that they are. Um, And I mean, honestly, they've been around, you know, since forever really. And maybe they weren't always doomsday cults or anything else, but they've kind of been there, like people know about them. And now we just kind of look at them as like a, you know, a missing piece of history or whatever, something that we don't know a lot about, but they've always been around. And I think probably a lot Mm -hmm. of the older ones, I will mention one later as well. um, were usually centered around like a specific like deity or something and maybe weren't as like dark as some of the doomsday cults that we see in more recent memory. I think I find doomsday cults to be very interesting. Um, They don't get famous unless they do something. Um, Cause I always just personally, like um, I know you both mentioned like a charismatic leader or leaders. And I always wonder like how it is that a person like a normal, like, cause you know, they're all usually like relatively normal people at the beginning of the whole thing. Like maybe not like mentally, but they look like these relatively normal people. And how is it that just a person can get so many people to like, see like to think the same things and then to oftentimes do horrible things. Well, I was going to say, you, you. I think all of these cults started off relatively normally. It seemed when they first started, it was very um, normal. It was very logical in a sense. It appealed to people and it devolved over time into, it kind of brought you in, in, in a way that was not dangerous in a way that Mm -hmm. felt very normal. And then it devolved from there or escalated from there into something different, insane, you know, to us. So I think, I think that's how they get you in it first and how they get their first members and how they really get a foothold is seeming 
normal and preaching something that people want to hear Mm -hmm. that doesn't seem dangerous. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of these that were, were rooted in, or like even throughout their whole time, they were rooted in Christianity in some aspect of that. So in some of these, like they're preaching things that may be familiar to people. It, It may be something that they've heard and maybe they went to, like a Catholic mass when they were younger, or maybe they went to a Baptist church or something like that. And now they're hearing it it preached again, but now they're hearing uh, like some other things added to it. So like Jim Jones was uh, the people's temple was a Christian organization at first. And then it quickly devolved into (laughs) something wildly different. And so the same thing was sort of along the lines of heaven's gate, like Marshall Applewhite was a believing professing Christian and then quickly went down this road and on these sort of spiritual enlightenment drives with his wife. I don't know who she was, but like you see it as something that they understand at first. So like the believers in these like cults or pseudo religions, whatever you want to call them, like initially it's something, Oh yeah, this is familiar. I've, I've heard this. This seems safe. Like there's nothing wrong with this. But there is. <laughs> yeah. I think that like what the Branch Davidians were an offshoot of Seventh-day Adventists. So like I do get like um, what you're saying with like it being like a sim- like an offshoot of a religion that people already know. It's just so strange to me that like you that like a person like and I mean, I guess it happens. Well, clearly it happens, right? But it's so strange to me that like a person um, seems like such a good person and everything, but then they're like, but actually this is, you know, a religious war or it's this. So we have to kill ourselves or we have to kill other people. And everyone's just kind of like, yeah, cool, man. I guess I don't personally understand that like strong belief that you have in like this like person standing in front of you telling you like this is like this is what we have to do like we have to do this or like mm-hmm. the world's you know the world's gonna end or like we're not gonna go to like another planet you know it just it's all just a little bit wild and I think that um I'm probably not the only one that thinks that that's just wild no it's wild but- it is wild you're absolutely correct. Very wild. Yeah, I think we wanted to start with the People's Temple. Yeah, so the People's Temple is something else, guys. So like I said before, you might not know it as the People's Temple. You might know it as Jonestown, um, which is just kind of named after its leader, Jim Jones. And they started out pretty chill. Like they were, um, it was a religious movement and it was one of those things where, you know, they you're really helping each other. It's really important to like, you know, be a communal kind of group, you know? Yeah. Like it seems almost like a utopia. Right. And I think that's kind of what Jonestown was like meant to be was a utopia. Um, and we all know what happens when you try to establish a utopia, Um, it fails. This podcast is a production of the Alderman Group and the Museum Center at Five Points. Be sure to check out all our upcoming events on our website at museumcenter.org. That's museumcenter.org.
Let's continue with the show. Um, once they kind of moved to Guyana, that's kind of when things like really just hit the fan. I think that when they, so they started off in Indianapolis and then the whole group sort of moved out to California. And this is during like the, the wild time of the, the hippies and the Jesus movement out in the California region. But it's also the time where like you're, there's lots of hallucinogenics and like things that are just like really distorting people's view of life and the world. And so I think that probably played into this like people being so attracted to leaders like this, but also probably Jim Jones and his own sort of, I guess, theology, his way of viewing God or life or whatever it was. But yeah, when, once they went to Guyana, it's, it drastically shifted from what their views initially were. Well, and he also, um, he kind of began that slippery slope as well. Like he originally started preaching uh, racial and social equality. He believed in integration and they helped the community with a soup kitchen and rent assistance and Mm -hmm. job placement and free clothes and free daycare. And it's, of course, this sounds amazing. And it's just a church. It wasn't a cult. It was just its own church. But then he started going into faith healing and he began blackmailing people with their willingness. So he would say, you know, if you really believe in this cause, you'll sign over your power of attorney. And then he eventually started exploiting, uh, sexually exploiting really his male and female followers. And he said he did it for their own good because he had to, not because he wanted to. So he began exploiting his followers so even early on before they moved. But he did kind of start that slippery slope. Um, and then they moved to Guyana in the 70s. But I mean, this be- this the whole thing began in, I think, 1955. So mm-hmm. he had 15 years to kind of culminate into the Jonestown in Guyana. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, like, power does kind of go to your head sometimes, and um, I think that's definitely kind of the case with Jim Jones as well. Like, he was kind of power-hungry, and he was, I mean, really, all these people were just real extra, but he was definitely that, and I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, don't drink the Kool-Aid, but um, it comes from, it comes from this, right? (laughs) yeah so what happened is people were hearing stories of jonestown that maybe people were there against their will or parents got concerned that their kids were there uh in guyana in this town that they created out in the jungle uh they were hearing stories that people weren't allowed to leave so uh Congressman Ryan flew in in 1978 to investigate these allegations and investigate the allegations of abuse at Jonestown. And several members of Jonestown tried to leave with him. So at first when he got there, it was great. Everybody seemed happy. Everybody told him things were great. But then he started getting notes passed to him. And so he tried to take people with him when he flew out. And that's when everything went wrong. They tried to leave and some People's Temple security guards uh, intercepted them and killed Ryan 
one defector and three journalists with him. And then that led to everything that happened later in the day um, where the 900 people at Jonestown were ordered to drink the cyanide-laced grape flavorade. Yeah, so this has actually been called the largest single loss of American life in a deliberate act until September 11th. Um, 918 people um, at the end of the day yeah. had kind of succumbed to this um, cyanide sleeping pill, whatever else infused flavor aid and basically like no like no one was spared children were given this everyone but did how exactly did jim jones die did he shoot himself i didn't think that he um drank the flavor aid i thought it was a gunshot but i could be wrong um that was you know jonestown was completely like that was like unprecedented i think that just that many people um, that, that whole thing was just extremely wild, but it wasn't even like the only cult operating around at that time. Um, there were, there were a fair amount of them running around, um, in the sixties and seventies and a fair amount of them that, um, became quite famous. Um, another one I think that became quite famous is the Manson family. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was founded in 1967, I believe. Yeah, and I mean, they, they, it didn't take them long to like escalate and fizzle out. Like, they didn't last nearly as long as some of these other ones did. Um, and I think the Manson family is pretty well known today, led by Charles Manson. And his followers were called the family. And they were, you know, big Beatles fans. And, well, they were. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, um, but. Yeah, they, they called the apocalypse Helter Skelter. And they believed that the Beatles White Album was, like, prophesizing uh, the end of the world, essentially. Yeah, and the Beatles hmm. were kind of like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Um And it was, yeah, the Manson family was a lot. um, And they are one of the ones that got extremely violent, like extremely quickly. Um, There is a movie sort of about them that was out recently. So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, is that? No, but I do think that it kind of brings um, a newfound kind of like interest to people that it talks about. Um, and mm-hmm. also Charles Manson died in prison very recently within the last couple of yeah. years. Yeah, no, it was, it was huge. It was all over the news once he died. Um, another one of the, the more famous of these cults that we initially were covering was, um, Heaven's Gate, the UFO, like sort of doomsday cult, uh, founded by Marshall Applewhite, um, which, Eventually, it was actually founded in 1974 um, and then ended dramatically in a mass suicide of 
39 members in 1997. Um, and this was pretty nutty. They Marshall sort of, he, he started, as I said earlier off as like a, a professing Christian and then went on several drives with, I believe his wife or just one of no, his followers or something like that. He was his partner. Partner. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, Marshall Applewhite, I believe he was uh, homosexual. Um, yes. Bonnie Nettles was his partner. Gotcha. Yes. But these these drives, as far as I can tell, are where sort of their theology, their ideas of the Hale-Bopp Comet and all of these sort of exit strategies for this life came from. Yeah. And um, I remember... Yeah. Well, I mean, I was a small child when this happened, but I don't actually remember, remember. But, like, having looked it up, they were um, the ones who wore black Nike decades. Like, the entire cult was wearing the same pair of black Nikes um, when their bodies were found. Do you know why? Tell me why. Because they got a deal on the shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It was just easy. I will say that like these shoes have become collectible today. Um, in 2017, a single pair of these sold for $6,600 on eBay. Um, so Nike clearly discontinued wow. these shoes. So yeah, I mean, it was, there was so much going on and it was so like, it was a lot. Another one just to mention quickly that was kind of well known was the Branch Davidians. Um, They had like a compound in Waco, Texas, and that also ended very badly. They were an offshoot of the Seventh-day Adventist Church led by David Koresh. And um, the Branch Davidians... That was not his birth name. Right. That was just what he called himself. Um, His name was Vernon Howe. I would have called myself David Koresh as well. Me too. Did he yeah. like just come up with that name? There was a reason for it and I didn't write it in my notes, so I can't remember, but there was a reason he chose Koresh and of course David. Um, biblical, right, David's biblical. biblical uh, reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a reason he named himself Koresh. I don't have that in my notes. I can't remember. I don't remember either. Um, but I mean, this one ended, I mean, I wouldn't, well, I was going to say more dramatically and then I was thinking maybe I shouldn't say that, but no, it ended quite dramatically. Their compound was raided for like smuggling weapons and stuff. And it ended, um, with the compound on fire and 86 people were killed. Um, and those 86 people were not only, members of the branch davidians but like atf members fbi um so if this would this Mm. this turned into a mess um that i still think um i think a lot of people know about that this was in the early 90s yeah and it lasted 51 Um, days yeah and that's i mean that's it was like a yeah and it was absolutely like insane and i think that it can probably i mean i think it can be said that both sides handled that horribly well and it's actually um i'm pretty sure that i read that timothy mcveigh cited it as one of his issues um 
with like the government and everything for when he committed the Oklahoma city bombing, um, which was just two years later, mm. um, was yeah. like the government response to both the Waco siege and then following that of the Ruby Ridge incident. Like this actually had, you know, like backlash. It affected people like normal people that, um, or I mean, as normal as he was that, you know, weren't directly involved with it. I think it kind of looked bad on probably the religious community, but also on like the government and like police and everything else. So I think what's funny is that they still exist today. Like a lot of them still have members. Uh, For example, the Branch Davidians is now called the Branch, the Lord, Our Righteousness, and it has 12 members. (laughs) That is wild. Um, well, guys, it looks like we are pretty much out of time for this one. I'm thinking cults might one day need a part two because I've researched quite a few that I didn't bring up um, because of time constraints here. <laughs> um, and I figure you guys probably did as well. Yeah. So maybe one day yes, we can absolutely. do a part two for this. Um, and we hope that you guys enjoyed it. And we will be back next week with something new. Be sure to join us next time as we talk all things history and tell the story of the Ekoe region. I'm learning history in Cleveland, Tennessee. Ekoe Society, Five Points Museum. Telling the story of our history. Coming together as community. I'm learning history. In Cleveland, Tennessee, Okoe Society, Five Points Museum, telling the story of our history, coming together as community. I'm learning history, Five Points Museum.